previously on Tales of Esperon. On this small dock, we hear the sound of wood creaking as an older gentleman takes a seat on his stool and picks up his fishing rod, casting it off into the waters. A quiet voice creeps into his mind. And with a smile on his face, steps off to the dock, silently sinking into the waters below. Constance, you're making me a little worried. What are you up to, friend? She says, as she frantically looks from the water and back to her friend's boat. She takes the black envelope and Alea, since you had said you were the leader, she hands it to you. Just a few days ago, we, or someone from the town's guard, recovered a body floating at the surface of the lake, right up in the fishing district. And along with that, a dear friend of mine, who is also a fisherman on the lake, has gone missing. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Tales of Esperon. I know I say this a lot, but if you're new to the show, we are an improvisational and collaborative storytelling podcast. We're light on the rules and high on storytelling. Now, what does that mean? Well, we sit down at our desks, pretend to be someone we're not, and then record it all to share with you. Then we put out an episode every other Friday. We're here to weave a tale for you to enjoy, second by second, line by line. And the best part of it all is that we have no idea what will happen next. Our story is being told with a game system you may or may not be familiar with. Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition. This just means that sometimes we roll dice to figure out what happens next in the story. Roll high? Awesome. Maybe you find a hidden secret in the deck of a ship. Roll low? Maybe someone catches you snooping around where you're not supposed to be. I wonder what will happen this week. Let's roll the dice and find out. Together. So, to recap, um, the last session, you guys assaulted a goblin magic item dealer. He had it coming. Um, <laughs> bought a bag of holding from him, and then went to meet up with Rose Liebland at the Fancy Flamingo to accept um, a job from her and talk about some work. You were introduced to two other jobs, one about um, a bunch of farmers' fields being set ablaze, and another... It was about the Allagash mines where the workers were turning to stone and the mines were basically being shut down and abandoned in like full force. Um, and the third was in a black envelope. Apparently people in town had been going missing, um, usually one every couple days or so. And there were other people who, there's rumors of people hearing whispers while they're in town, which is strange because that's normally only something you hear when you're out in the forest exposed to the spirits but they've been sprouting up in town. You guys took this job and inside it detailed two potential leads for this job. First, there was a man by the name of Constance who lived down at the docks and he went missing. According to Rose, this was a very close friend of hers. And another was a body had shown up on the southern end of the docks 
And there was a guard by the name of Theodore who found the body. And it kind of told you where to talk to him. What a dumb name. <laughs> Stupid Theodore. Um, so to set the scene, the four of you now stand alone inside the, basically the antechamber of the fancy flamingo. Beneath your feet are the kind of light colored, a little bit tacky bamboo wood floors. Um, at the back, there's a little bar with what looks to be some kind of goofy looking tiki idols. This place is super tacky. And the four of you stand in the center of this kind of empty tavern. What would you like to do? Oh, one other thing I wanted to remind you all of. Um, AV, I think you forgot. You were holding on to a magic item that I think was supposed to go to Hele. It was a ring. Oh, yeah, 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 the ring. I probably would have given that. Hele, we can just assume you've had it up until now. Um, okay. What it does is if you fail a spell attack and your spell fails, you can reabsorb the spell um, as long as the spell doesn't do any damage to them. Um, so you can basically rescind a spell slot and store it for later if you mess up. Nice. Um, with that, what would the four of you like to do? So is the bar completely empty? Like there's not a bartender or anything? It's just... um, it's, So there is a bartender. Um, bartender slash innkeeper. You can hear them in the back, but they're not really paying attention to you. You can hear pots and pans kind of clanging. It's still pretty early in the morning. Mm. Um, at this time, though, there are no patrons. It doesn't seem that the bar has actually opened yet, but people who are you know, using the inn can use this space, which is what mm. Rose was doing when you guys came down. She was having coffee and breakfast. Yeah. Did we, did we have a job that we were like really interested in? Yeah, we selected the job for the docks, the one where um, Rose's friend disappeared some couple days ago, I think. Is that the one that came in a black envelope? That's the one. Mm -hmm. Good. I really want to find out who's so extra that they use black stationery. <laughs> Have you seen the town? The whole place is painted in actual black and white. It's probably the mayor. Mm. That is true. That is also one of the reasons why we selected it, because we thought the mayor might be able to uh, give us a little bit of leeway because he likes us. By the sound of him so far, he sounds like he might be in the eighth grade and be a self-avowed Satanist. We literally just got money from him. I mean, you can insult him if you really want, but we got money from him literally just like less than a day ago. <laughs> that makes me more inclined to insult him. I already have the money. Realistically, that's par for the course for you guys. Perhaps we should head for the docks first before discussing with the mayor, doing a, a quick search. What yeah. time is it? Um, at this time, it's likely... Let's just say, for convenience sake, it's probably about 11 a.m. You guys basically woke up and came over here after Tedward's really long and sleepless night. <laughs> you don't have exhaustion yet, but that might be on the horizon, friend. All right, I'm game for going to the docks. Yeah. I'm going to look at the scene of the crime. Do we have any idea where the docks are? Um, yes. Uh, it's pretty simple because <laughs> um, <laughs> this town is built on the side of a pretty damn large lake. And on the, from the roof of the tavern that you guys are previously staying in, Tedward could easily see the water of the lake. Um, it would uh, probably okay. take you 20 minutes to walk over there. Um, the whole town is kind of arranged in this kind of scalloped pattern um, where all the main streets kind of do these U shapes. And from above, the town might look like a seashell facing the lake. Okay. So you guys are kind of almost dead center in the middle where a lot of like the inns, taverns, merchants, and things like that preside. I'm going to walk up 
to the bartender. Okay. Um, you approach the bar and from the back, you can hear um, the sound of like something metal kind of banging against the side of a, um, like a skillet or a pot. There's a pair of, do- there's a pair of like saloon style doors that lead back to what looked to be a kitchen. Uh, pardon? Hello? Um, you hear the, the metal clanging stop and a voice from inside the room goes, hold on one second. And you hear a pot clanging against the table and a few seconds pass and you see um, a woman's head peer over the saloon style doors and you see a freckled face with kind of pointed ears and red hair that's kind of curled into a braid that kind of goes down along her shoulder. Um, you see like a simple black tunic, just just barely at the shoulders. And this person goes, um, hi there, are you, uh, are you looking for a room or? No, I'm actually, I would hope maybe you had some information. Um, that I, I may have that for you. I'd be more than willing to offer what I can in exchange for some direction. Um, let's, let's see what you're asking for first. Well, my, um. What do you need? My friends and I, uh, were looking for the, the leader of the docks, big sea boss. Oh, the dock master. <laughs> yes, that word. Kinda That's run- the one. Okay, he um he runs the wharf down there. Um, I haven't met him personally, but um. Do you happen to know maybe any of his friends, or if you knew any like um, like where he might go for uh, for those uh really awful water? If you make your way down to the docks, you can find this. Uh, you can spot him from a mile away. It's this big portly fellow who loves to dress in red robes, and he has a big, big pointed kind of. I guess a wizard's hat or something like that. Um, he's pretty easy to spot from around the docks. He's kind of high and mighty and, you know, likes to lord over the place. Great. Um, I'm going to reach into my bag and kind of grab... Yeah, I'm going to grab two gold pieces and I'm going to hand them to her. Um, she kind of pushes this um, double door, this kind of saloon-style door open and steps out and... She goes, oh, no, no, that's, that's that's just fine. It's a simple ask. Oh, no, no, please. I, I insist. Roll me a persuasion check with advantage. A service. This group oh, with is advantage. so bad. With advantage? We're so bad at doing good. <laughs> this group is so bad at having money. Okay, first one to 19. Um, You don't even need to roll again, unless you roll a natural 20. No, the second one was a 13, so. Okay, Um, she goes, well... Can't argue with that. You uh, you seem like a pretty nice fellow. If you um, you need any lodging or anything in the future, feel free to stop by. And she reaches out. How much gold did you give her? Two pieces. Um, she takes it. Her eyes kind of wide, and it looks like for a moment she's reading, like reading, looking you over. Um, and she just kind of pockets the money in her blouse pocket, and she goes, "Is there anything else I can do for you?" Uh, I'm completely fine. Um, I don't. Uh... Do you want to talk to her? Are you talking to me or uh, them? <laughs> I'm talking to Haley, but he's... Do you want to talk to her? Hello? Oh, man, you're real quiet. Haley, it's already out of the building. <laughs> yeah. Just walked away. <laughs> Sorry, my my, uh, my mic died, so I had to get my backup. 
Also, we should just establish that in this world, there's an animal that sounds like a, a car drag racing because there's always a lot of car noises. <laughs> yeah, through my microphone, I can get rid of most of them. Um, Let's just embrace it. Let's say there's like a bird and that's its mating cause. It sounds like meow. sounds like a Honda Civic with a spoiler trying to race you at a red light. I kind of like that. Yeah, that that'll be the name of the bird. Will be a meow. <laughs> And you can't say it without the hand motion. I love it. You record for a while without me, and I'll recharge and I'll join. Okay, I think that's fine. Um, we can just assume Haley's kind of quietly following along. Um, I last thing I said was if anyone else had anything to say. All right, let's wrap it up with this. She goes. All right, if you need anything else, um, you know where to find me. And she turns real quick and walks back into the back room. You can hear, hear her shoes kind of clacking on the um, the bamboo floors of this place. And you hear the pan kind of start up again. All right. Well, we know we are looking for a portman in all red with a pointy hat and a large beard. I can't be the only one thinking. Thinking what? This is not in the universe, but the, is the, the Doc Master just like dirty nautical Santa? <laughs> dirty not the santa i mean i guess you gotta go find him <laughs> okay onward just gonna start walking out the door <laughs> all right um i'm not gonna make your role survival because there's kind of no point to it um with some with some time uh the four of you make your way to the dockside district of whispering lake um the, as you pass through this section of the city you can kind of as you get closer and closer to the water, you can smell um, like the moisture in the air. The fish scent starts to get plunging as you get about a block or so from the borders of the Whispering Lake. And you kind of step out of this one um, side thoroughfare. And ahead of you, you can see there are a ton of these small little docks, each one with two or three small boats kind of moored. Some of them are like loading up goods and some are in the process of leaving. There's a variety of boats. Just ahead of you, there's one ship that's kind of curling steam into the air. Um, another that is, um, they're unfurling their sails. We'll look for portly man, tall oh. red hat. Okay, roll me a perception check. Bushy beard. It's a great big bushy beard. I'm gonna find Santa Claus. Nautical Santa Claus. I'm probably not going to find a nautical sample. <laughs> I rolled a 13. A 13. Okay. Um, so the four of you kind of step out onto this long kind of dockside district. There's one main thoroughfare. Um, as you step out into the street, a carriage just kind of quickly crosses your paths. And you kind of quick turn and stumble out of the way. Um, as it makes its way up the main thoroughfare towards the district you just left from. And as you come to a stop from this kind of heel turn spin... You see off in the distance, there's one watchtower affixed to the edge of the dock. It goes up about 30 feet. You can see a winding spiral staircase coming down it. And currently making their way down the staircase, you do see an individual clad in red with a pointed hat uh, making their way slowly down the staircase. Hmm. Can I insight on his demeanor as he's walking down the stairs? Uh, roll me an insight check. Like, Can I figure out if he's like angry, an angry walker? If he's grumpy. That is a 14. One better. 
Um, at this distance, it's a little hard to tell. They are a couple hundred feet away. Um, you can only glimpse them because of their kind of, excuse me, uh, their large kind of like ostentatious clothing. Um, I will point and then shout, I see him! He does stand out a lot. Let's go. I would have never seen such a large gnome. <laughs> <laughs> Is he talking in third person? I think this it's a is new a new quirk. It's a new quirk. <laughs> okay. Does he um, say this loud or does he mumble it under his breath? He kind of mumbled it under his breath in the direction of the book. Like he was speaking into like, imagine if you were wearing a wire mm-hmm. and you were like, you wanted to take notes to yourself. He's just kind of muttering it to the book and the book is writing it down. I'm going to start walking towards this large watchtower. You make your way down this kind of long street and you're passed by dozens of individuals. At this time of day, the docks are bustling with people and just tons of energy as you're making way through the crowd. Mm-hmm. Um, you have, you bump the shoulders with a handful of individuals who just shoulder past you and keep going. Um, one person almost runs you down with a cart full of fish as they're making their way, their way down to the market um, for, you know, the mid-morning sales. And after about two or three minutes, you make your way over to this tower and in the time it took you guys to make you know, that couple hundred feet of top travel, it's taken this individual just to make it to the bottom of the tower and right up to the edge of the docks. Um, they're probably about 30, 40 feet away from you. You can see them talking to a young um, human individual. Um, look like they could be a teenager. They're holding a clipboard and kind of nodding their head and marking things off. Um, and they have a satchel on their back. And this person is kind of gesturing their arms widely. And this young individual um takes off and makes their way down the dock clipboard in hand with a kind of a pep in their step what do y'all do um approach (laughs) pardon me red man (laughs) roll me a charisma check here that is a 22 apparently that was his nickname in college (laughs) charm of the devil what did you call him red man red man um so the this individual starts to walk um following the younger individual down the docks, um, away from you all. And as you yell this, your voice kind of echoes through. Um, and as you do this, you see one person, like a bystander, notice who you're talking to, and they kind of flinch a little as you say, red man. And this person dressed in red just stops. And they spin around, and you see their eyes quickly flicking through the crowd, and they settle on you. And about 30 feet away, you hear, hello there. <laughs> And they wave their hand. Uh, Who are you? Um, you are the wrong red man. I I wanted the fat red man. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, clever. Oh, God. Roll me a roll me a charisma check. <laughs> that is a fifteen. Um, the individual. <laughs> I like you already. Come, come here. Come closer. I don't feel like yelling. Uh, okay. Why? Hello. Um, okay, so you quickly make your way over, and as you approach, this individual is kind of standing there with their hand on their hip. I haven't what? been called that in a very long time. Hold your tongue next time, boy. Oof. How can I help you today? What manner do you have on my docks? Um, as this person is speaking to you, you can see that they have a very, very large, dark black brow. Um, as you got closer, you can see that they are a human. 
um, mm. underneath, just above their lip, they have a big black kind of mustache that's kind of curled into a twirl. Um, it's awful. Um, and beneath these kind of long red um, formal robes they're wearing, you can see that they have, have a pretty large belly that's tied up. Like the robes are tied with a, um, a thick rope to keep everything in check. And in the middle <laughs> of these red robes, there's a gold stripe of like embroidered fabric that goes down over their belly and all the way to the ground. And at the bottom, you can see that um, poking out from underneath this black robe, there are a pair of curled shoes with like curled toes. Mm. <laughs> um, yes, uh, Master Doc. Uh, we that are... is not my name. Oh, uh, what is your name? Castle. Castle Bonefoot. Castle Bonefoot. All right. Castle Bonefoot, um, Master Doc. We are hoping to find information. Well, there is a lot of that around here. We What, what kind of information are you looking for? Uh, we have been sent by um, a group to find out about the disappearance of a man named Constance. We hear his sorrows are great. That's, a, that's one way to put his lifestyle. Um, and he looks to the rest of the group in motion. So by we, you mean the big fella, the young lady with a little shovel, and the uh, furry tabaxi. Yes. My shovel's not little. Her shovel is not little. Excuse me, yes. miss? My shovel's not little. Oh, uh, it's very tiny for a little shovel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna sulk. Just a sulk. Just a roll for sulk. Just to verify, um, her shovel is supposed to be like a little gardening, like a small spade, right? Oh, you're talking about the little one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She has she has like a large shovel. That's oh. like part of her. Um, I always assumed it's it to be her... like a small kind of gardening spade, like maybe two, three feet long. Uh, she has she has a tiny gardening one, but like her main one that's on her back is like a it's like a quarter staff mit mixed oh, with a shovel. Okay, cool. We're learning new things now. Um, in that case, he you see this individual lean back and they notice the shovel on your back. So, are you some kind of gravekeeper or anything of that sort? I look at my dead plants in the pocket in my pocket. No. <laughs> oh right then. So um what do you have what business do you have here on my fine dog? You said you're looking for information about um Constance? Yes, he is uh one of the men who fish on these docks. He disappeared apparently. As you say disappear, um you see an eyebrow raise. I think I know exactly who you're talking about. The, the fellow at the north end of the docks. He has a little blue ship. Goes after the ship. If you make your way down to the other end of the dock, third row in, you'll find his ship's still moored and quiet. Are you, um, are you friends of his? We are friends of friends of friends of his. We're just looking into his disappearance to see if we can get any clues as to where he's gone. Hmm. That is uh, mighty interesting. 
Can I have your names just for the official record so I know who's been poking around my customer ships? And as he does this, you see a hand raised in the air. And he looks over his shoulder and goes, oh, oh, yeah. Um, reaches into his bag. The uh, scribes uh, run off to do my work for me. And he pulls out a notepad. Your names, please, if you will. Um, Tedward Edweador. Tedward Edweador. And they write it down. Thelemir Thurbash the fourth. Thurbash the fifth. Fourth. Fourth. Sorry. Writes it down. And you, uh, Gravekeeper Lady? Uh, Alea Zilseri. Alrighty. Scribbles it onto their notepad. I'm going to lean over and just kind of whisper, you're a fourth? Uh, yes. I, my father and my brother and my grandfather are all also named Felmy Thurbesh. That's fancy. It is a tradition to name a son Felmy Thurbesh. My dad did it twice. He was not oh. a very ingenious man, but he's great. I like him a lot. Oh, so like, are you, are you, wait, so you have siblings? Uh, yes. Late, 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 later, late, later. You were talking about the man on the blue boat. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, so if you uh, make your way down to the third dock on the north side, third one in closer to us, you'll find that little blue dinghy of his um, wrapped up and moored at my beautiful dock. I, um... Do you know if he had any uh, close friends, fishing friends, friends of fish, Ing? Uh, let me get this straight. Are you asking me if this Constance fella was a friend of fish? No, that he had other men who fished that were friends. Oh, he's a, he's on a residential dock, so down there there are me. There may be a few individuals who are also moored there for a prolonged stay in the little houseboats, so you might find someone down there. And uh, final question. Um, as you know, was this man of Constance uh, one who got in trouble a lot or um, was well known for being generous and kind? Was he well liked in the community? I know none of these things. He pays his dues and his ship is currently moored there and paid up till the end of this month which from now is probably about 15 days. So that's all I have on my books. And as he says this, he kind of pockets his um, notepad and turns and just starts walking away from you. Chedward uh, had never seen such a rude gnome. As you say gnome, he stops, looks over his shoulder, <laughs> and just turns and keeps walking. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that could have gone a lot worse. Good thing he kept walking. I've never killed a gnome. <laughs> um, I, Not I, considered I'm... good sport. <laughs> Be nice to the gnomes. They don't run fast enough. Oh. No! Now we're just bullying gnomes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to start heading over to the, the boat. Okay, um, so you guys, with Alea's lead, make your way down to the end of the docks, and you kind of notice as you get closer and closer to the ends, and you can see there are about five or six, like, more docks up ahead of you. And as you reach this section, you can see that a lot of these ships that would normally be, like, small, you know, sailing ships and little fishing 
things like commercial like um you kind of reach a spot where a lot of these boats don't look like they move very often they're moored like house ships um not very large maybe can they they can probably support one two people living um and you make your way up to the third dock and down the end you can see there are two ships one on the right or small blue ship that's moored to the dock its exterior is some kind of painted blue metal and on its back there's a little iron black spout that goes up into the air like a steam stack this is likely a small steam powered personal vessel maybe no more than like 30 feet in length hmm. what uh so you said there's two boats yeah i'm that... sorry um the one on the left this one is a yellow painted ship um it's not a steamship on its back there are two large white sails that are kind of rolled up and secured pretty nicely and on the very back of the ship there's a little tiny like porch you can see that kind of goes off above the water and there's a small wooden chair um a little box next to it with a fishing rod kind of tied up both ships are kind of bouncing lazily in the water gm are those the only two ships yeah, um, at this this specific end of the dock, there's only two more here. You can see along the way, there are sections for at least five or six other ships, but this particular dock doesn't have any of the inhabitants. Can I figure out what the distance between one dock and another dock is? Um, yeah, it's probably about 60 feet or so. Okay. Just by looking at it, it's not, it's not that hard to gauge. And there's no like small rowboats or dinghies off of this dock or anything like that? Uh, not at the moment, no. Okay. What would y'all like to do? Perhaps we should investigate his house. Oh, oh, house. Are we sure that are we sure we know which one we know which one is his? Well, the the red dwarf said that um, it it was the blue one. Yeah, fair enough. Oh no, the, one the, the red gnome. All right, let's do it. I'm gonna pull out my monocle, my monocle, my monocle, and I'm gonna like old school detective like crouched over staring at the crash swinging (laughs) i'm gonna kick the door in okay so you guys make your way up to this blue ship um at the the edge of the dock um right at the front you can see there's a steering wheel with a metal um casing wrapped around it um with wooden supports and there's a bit of a glass window at the front and there isn't a door per se it's a pretty, like, the, the deck of it is pretty open. Um, but you can see there is what looks to be a small um, staircase that goes down into the belly of the ship. Um, as it bobs Nothing in the water, kickable. Um, you can kick the railing if you really want to kick I'm something. I'm going to kick the railing in. <laughs> Give me a strength check. Uh, rolling. Natural 20 kicks the boat away from us. That's <laughs> <laughs> a 17. 17. You, you lift your foot up and kick forward, and the railing just dents in um it doesn't quite snap but the metal is pretty messed up uh, yeah what are you doing <laughs> it's uh all right sorry to explain okay okay um so first roll me an investigation check Alea. um what are you looking for in particular um uh, I got an 18, and I'm looking for any signs of, like, a struggle or movement, like someone's been on here recently. Okay, so the first thing you notice looking around um, at this ship is that it looks like it's been sitting still for at least a day or two, unbothered. Um, you do notice that right just a few feet from the railing that Tedward kicked in, 
you see that there was um, there's a wooden chair kind of propped up against the side of the boat. And there's a little ice box um, sitting next to it as well with a fishing rod gently placed against it. Um, among the rest of the deck of the ship, you can see haphazard coils of ropes. Um, there's a clearly like a, a box of like fishing tackle that is in all forms of disarray. Everything else about the ship, the deck of the ship says whoever lives here is disorganized, but someone took care to neatly put the chair and the cooler and the fishing rod up against the side of the ship. Hmm. DM, remind me when his body was found, at least via the note that we received and what we talked to Rose about, Mm -hmm. was he near his boat or was he just like in a completely different spot? So his body wasn't actually found. Um, There are two separate (laughs) things. Um, There was a body found down at the other side of the docks and at this side, um, Constance just vanished. Nobody's seen him for like two days. Body ID'd? Um, No. Um, according to the note you guys were given, there was no ID on the body. Is it, was it like mutilated? No. Nope. Or was it just somebody nobody knew? Somebody no one knew. Oh, man. According to the, the small detail you were given. Hey there, listeners, and welcome to the mid-roll. I just wanted to take this time to thank you so much for your patience on this episode's release. We try to make a habit of releasing every episode on time, but this week, the random encounter tables got the better of us and we fell a little behind. Regardless, we're here, and I hope you're enjoying it so far. If you would like to learn more about the show, check out our website at www.toapodcast.com. There, you can find out more about the world, our blog, our Discord, and where else you can listen to the show. Maybe follow us on Twitter at Tales of Asperon, or or leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, or Podchaser. Every little bit counts, and we really appreciate it. Finally, for our thanks and shoutouts, again, we're always leveraging the fantastic ambient sounds of Swordco Soundscapes and the wonderful compositions of Kevin McLeod. You'll find them both on Bandcamp, as well as a link in the episode description. We release our episodes every other Friday, so I'll be seeing you again on October 18th. The spookiest of months! At this rate, we actually might get another episode out right around Halloween. So, limber up and drink plenty of milk so you're spoopy strong for the skeleton war at the end of the month. All right, let's get back to the show. So, ahead of you as well, um, along with the deck of the ship being kind of haphazard and unorganized, you do see a staircase that goes down into the deck of the ship. Wait, like hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Tedward, I stand in front of the staircase and put my arms out dramatically. Is anybody here? No detect magic. Yes. Do it. Nine times out of ten, somebody disappeared. It's witchcraft. All right. Halo uses first level spell and catch detect magic. Ooh, okay. So detect magic, you'll get just fine, no problem. But roll me a d20. All right, two seconds. I just realized my book is probably just going to trigger the spell no matter what we do. Oh my god, it's an agent of chaos. I didn't realize I had this power. Cool, I got a four. A four on the d20 roll? Yes. Okay, you're fine. Um, As you start to go through the motions, are you going to cast this as a ritual or like a regular first level spell? Uh, As a regular first level spell. Okay, so it'll use up a spell slot. By the way, you can Mm -hmm. cast that as a ritual. It just takes ten minutes. 
and you don't lose a spell slot. Maybe you should use it without losing the spell slot because we're going to be here for a while anyways. That's fair. All right. If everyone's ready, if everyone's okay with me taking time, I can take 10 minutes to do this. Okay. Um, what does it look like as Haley casts this spell? Well, this is I'm doing as a ritual. Haley has just drawn an intricate, awkwardly uneven circle, closer to a pear than a circle, around himself. And then at the head, he put his dragon turtle and just started welcoming all senses in. Okay, um, so as you close your eyes, you the first thing that catches a whiff on your nose is the smell of the lake, like the moist, damp air surrounding this lake. And then the smell of fish kind of hits your senses and it reminds you of home a little bit. But one thing you do detect immediately is um, you do sense a faint hint of abjuration magic inside the ship down below you're not sure what but it's very 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 faint not necessarily blocked from your senses but if you were to think about it like you see the you know you see an object on your couch and you can tell that it's covered up by blankets like that's how this feels to you okay i guess i would tell the group that i sense abjuration okay what is that i don't know what that is um just so you guys know the players abjuration magic is like warding and protection magic Hmm. Not necessarily harmful, but like protective. That might not be unusual. That might just be like a burglar alarm. What's the range on? Well, hold on. What's the range on that spell? Like how how far can you see magic? <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh at me. I don't know actually. It's hmm. um out of character. It's thirty feet. Can you sense anything like this on the, the neighboring boats? Uh, I think that's too far. Then you better start walking. Oh my god. Does Damn. Hay- okay. What does Haley do? You don't have to do this, by the way. Before... <laughs> you do. Before we check the other boats, perhaps we should uh, maybe explore the bottom of this boat? Is... no? Well, Haley has, has, no... Has, has started walking to the bottom. Okay. Um... As everyone starts talking, well, first, Haley, what were you going to say? I was say, Haley has no problem checking out her boats. She needs to know why. That's all. Okay, so as you're, you guys are discussing, Alea, just you hear her, her boots um, like creaking on the hardwood of the deck of the ship as she makes her way underneath. And ahead of you, you see a small space, maybe about 12 feet-ish back. It looks like it's a small living quarter. And the, at first glance, you can immediately tell that this place is, again, haphazard and very messy. Um, you see a bed that's back up against the far wall away from the staircase you just walked down. And there is a pair of glass windows that can kind of, from here, it's just like right at the surface of the water. And you can see next to the bed, there's a small table with a candle that is burned very, very low. And next to it is a stack of newspapers. Um, they're just kind of haphazardly placed. They all look very kind of worn, like they've been you know, used in red. They're not fresh. Um, and this place kind of has a smell of like mildew and water as you make your way below. What do you do? I guess I'm just going to be like looking around, seeing if there's anything out of place. Okay, roll me an investigation check. I'm not going to say with advantage because you'd have to like, I think that's good for finding like 
little traps and little tiny secret buttons and things like that on items, but you're just kind of turning the room over. Oh, my monocle? Yeah. Oh, she it's just for aesthetic. Oh, okay. I mean, it actually She's does g- purely... it actually does give advantage if you're looking at things up close, like if you're trying to find a secret button on a lock or like Yeah, she's she's going to be using it to just be like looking at everything. <laughs> Getting ridiculously like tiny like ridiculous things to zoom in on. She's going to be doing it. It's over your eye and your one eye is just huge. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um roll me an investigation. Uh, I got an 11. An 11. Okay. Um so the first thing you do is toss over this room. Um, you check the bed, the covers are kind of haphazard, haphazardly tossed over the bed. Um, you look underneath and you can see there's a little box, like a little wooden box that you slide out and open it up. Um, and inside it looks like there's just more fishing supplies, little tools like wrenches, screwdrivers, things like that. Um, you look at the table with all the stacked up newspapers and you notice that the most recent newspaper is like, the daily paper in the morning. Um, it's three days old. Three days? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to grab the newspaper. Okay. And is there anything that, like, seems to have been, like, well-loved? Like, something that has seen, like... Ooh. Like, I'm trying to get something personal that he's used or kept Call on me him. an inside check. <laughs> Here's a stock. That's not... <laughs> oh, not like that! <laughs> Wait, what did you just say? A crusty sock. Jesus. No! Holy shit. Uh, I okay, got a hold 23 on. natural 20. A natural 20. Okay. So a crusty sock is a reputable establishment. I've been there. <laughs> right down the street from the fancy flamingo. So with a natural 20, damn, on your insight check, um, you look around this room and it's hard to find something that seems like it has a lot of care because everything is so kind of chaotically just strewn about. Um, But by the table, you know, you pop open, there's a cabinet kind of bolted into the wall. You pull it Mm -hmm. open and inside there are, you know, bottles of liquor and alcohol and little things like that. But at the very back of the shelf, you see a little tiny like stone car figurine of what looks to be a lighthouse. And you're not sure exactly why this catches your eye. But as you like look it over, it just kind of stands out to you. Like everything else in here is kind of like tarnished and dirty, but this thing is like polished and clean. Like it's very well taken care of. Um, can I uh, can I investigate it? Um, if you'd like to. Okay, I shall do that. Roll me an investigation check. An eleven. Eleven. Okay. Second eleven investigation I got. So you reach forward and. You know, you just grab this that little tiny statue. It's maybe about six, six, seven inches tall of like a stone carved lighthouse. And when you lift it up, you hear a, a click. And as you do, you watch as a wooden panel on the back of this cabinet falls forward. And behind it, you can see there's a small cavity in the side of the ship that's filled with soil. And as you, as this panel falls down, you see a blue glow immediately pour out of this space. And inside, you see a layout. You're the perfect person to find this by pure chance. Um, a plant that you recognize. Okay. It looks like a single lily planted in dark soil. And its petals glow with kind of an ethereal blue light. Uh, can I do a nature check? Um, yeah. 
absolutely. To see what it does and how healthy it is. Oh my gosh, I'm finally using a nature check. I got a 14. A 14. Well, <laughs> the DC would be high because this plane is strange, but you have seen this before. You distinctly remember the man from your past who told you you were cursed. <gasps> oh he bought one of these from your mother, and you remember him mentioning um, that these plants are extra sensitive to people who dream. They're plants that are very hard to grow and they only grow in very particular circumstances and they definitely are magical. Um, they're, they're called ethereal lilies. Uh, can I, I I'm going to call everyone down like to, to show them what I found. Okay. Um, while you're looking at this, have you guys been doing anything on the deck? I think we were looking at the other boats, right? We were arguing about looking at the other boats. <laughs> okay, I mean, you can if you want. That's why we're cutting away to you guys to see what you were doing. I mean, Tedward can't smell magic, so if nobody was going to help him look for magic, he would just give up on that. Uh, Thurbash, if they did walk away, Thurbash would kind of straddle being off the deck and being on the deck of the boat because he wouldn't want to leave someone behind, but he also wouldn't want to not walk away with the group. Okay, so you'd be kind of sitting um, at least on the, you know, standing kind of um, on the little plank that crosses over yeah, from the boat. Yeah, basically. The okay. Um, could you roll me a perception check? I can <laughs> Four. Thurbash rolls a 14. 14. Okay. So while you're kind of standing here, straddling the ship, the water's kind of bobbing a little bit. You can feel your right foot moving um, up and down with the ship. And again, you can, your senses just kind of hone in on the sound of the water. Um, and as you're doing this off, kind of hear the water and you start to relax a little and you're not paying attention as much. You can hear Haley and Tedward kind of talking in the background and it just sounds muffled. And off in the distance along the water for a brief moment, you can see that there's there's an island. I mean, it's been there the whole time. There's an island off in the middle of the lake. And for a brief moment, you can see a little tiny orb of light flit across the water and then vanish. Similar to the ones you saw in the forest. All right, while Thurbash is watching this, he's gonna like slowly lean forward to get a better visage as it's like kind of like flitting across the lake mm -hmm. and he'll like he'll probably lose his balance roll me a dexterity um, safe because he's like leading a little bit too far because he really wants to get a close look at whatever the hell that is it's very far yeah away. that's really bad well it could be a lot worse that's a nine. Ooh, okay um hey are you back can you hear me yeah yes. perfect perfect okay all right so cool. while you and ted were going back and forth arguing talking about you know, should we do this ship? Should we do this ship? You see Thurbash kind of go into a daze a little and then just loses footing and fall forward. He actually slips right in between the dock and the ship and falls down in the water below. Uh, Hey would probably dive after him. Okay. Um, so Thurbash, you hit the water with your really low dexterity check. You actually bonk your head on the side of the ship. And wow, you take three bludgeoning damage as you hit the water nice. in a daze. Um, nice. <laughs> Haley, you dive in. Can I get an athletics check? Sure. Oh, no. Wait, athletics or acrobatics? Um, Your choice. All right. Acrobatics is much better. Uh, 
That would be a 13. 13. Okay, so you expertly dive in between these two ships, the, the ship and the dock. It's maybe about a f- three to five foot wide gap, but you thread the needle and land right in the water next to Thurbash. And you can see him kind of sinking down in a bit of a daze. And after he sinks for about five, six feet, his head starts to shake and he starts to gain his bearings underneath the water. Um, what do you guys do? <laughs> do you have water? No, I'm just putting my finger between my lips. Oh. <laughs> Expert Foley work. I, uh, I attempt to swim down to him and try to pull him up. Okay, roll me an athletics check. Uh, athletics, that'd be a 15. 15, okay, you swim down and grab Thurbash, and in the in the midst of it, he starts to panic. Thurbash, how would you react to this? <laughs> okay. Uh, Thurbash, <laughs> not a strong swimmer. There are not many places to swim in the woods. Uh, surprising fact. So Thurbash doesn't know how to swim and probably can't see very well underwater. He just sees a hand reach out and grab him after he's now in, in the water. So he probably freak out a little bit. Okay, roll me a... Let's just call this the strength check. Okay. That is a 14. Um, Haley, what did you roll? Uh, a 15. A 15, okay. You grab onto Thurbash and panic immediately hits. Um, thankfully, you're a little prepared for it because, you know, you grew up on an island. This is just something you learn. Um, but he starts to panic against you and you, like, subdue his arms behind him and kind of hug him tight. <laughs> and start to swim up and you get him to the surface. Tedbar, while you're just kind of standing here, um, you see Haley and Thurbash breach the surface of the water. <coughs> what do you do? They're in between the both boats, or the boat and the dock. Tedbar, what do you do? Um, Oof, just in time. Yeah, you're, so you're, okay, this is perfect because I said Tedbar was just standing there not paying attention. Um, <laughs> you hear a quick splash behind you in a struggle. And as you turn around, you see Haley trying to lift Thurbash out of the water. They both surface. They're in between the ship and the dock. There's maybe about, like, let's just say four-foot gap in between the boat and the dock. Oh, man. I'm just going to scream, No! (laughs) I'm going to run over, and I'm going to, like, try to bridge the gap between the dock and the boat with, like, London Bridges style, one foot on each, and reach down and try to pull them up. Okay, um... Roll me an athletics check. Um, with oh, boy, there's two that's of them. The yeah, just roll me an athletics check. It's the one thing I'm good at. Hold on, <laughs> that's a twenty-one. Okay, with <laughs> wow. ease, you you spread this gap like um, John Claude Van Damme, and just reach exactly. down and grab Haley's hand as he reaches up to you, and you just mm. somehow like you f- pull your legs almost like you're pulling the boat closer to the dock as you get the leverage and lift them out of the water. With just it's enough space. Glutes. Yeah, just enough space to throw them onto the dock, soaking wet. Alea, we cut back to you. As you're looking at this lily, you hear a splash outside of the ship, and you hear Tedward go, No! <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm going to go see what's happening, but like gently place the like, like I'm not going to like try to disturb the flower yet or okay. the plant. Um, you run up to see a soaking wet Haley and Thurbash on the surface of the dock and Tedward just standing there. Um, because oh, he's all- not just standing there. What is he doing? He's screaming. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh, it's just adrenaline. Okay, <laughs> so the screaming, coincidentally, 
you guys hear something fall okay, down. Okay, screaming stops inside the boat. The the yellow boat uh, directly adjacent to you. Uh, and you see, uh, what's happening? Are you guys okay? And as this is said, you see um, a head pop up from a similar staircase that leads under the deck, and you see um, a half orc face, like a green half orc face with two large t- tusk teeth. Look at you and go. What the fuck is going on? You oh. shut up. My friend <laughs> almost died. <laughs> Who are you? Who the fuck are you? I asked first. <laughs> Fair point. I, I own this ship. And you, by the way, the head is poking out of the yellow boat, not the one you guys are in. Oh. That's a weird name. <laughs> <laughs> that's, not my, that's not my name. Alistair. So you're a liar. Who the, who the hell are you? Looking around Constance's boat. <coughs> uh, did you know Constance? Um, the person stands up and you can see kind of gripped in one of their hands is a sword. And they go, yeah, here's, here's my neighbor. And what about uh, the water you? And she like, we- you see this kind of large, this when this woman stands up, she's clearly like six and a half feet tall. She's hulking. And she points to you. What the hell are you doing on a ship? We've been hired to locate, uh, what's his name? Constance. Constance. <laughs> can, you act, can we say that she actually says that? Yeah. No, I definitely who absolutely answers, who say answers? that. <laughs> as Alea says this, she kind of reaches over and taps whoever's next to her. Constance. Hey, doesn't know. Roll me persuasion Con- with disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm telling the truth. It um, doesn't matter. That's why you're rolling <laughs> persuasion. <laughs> Uh, okay, that was a six. So, oh. hold on. <laughs> Wait, I can't roll one more time. Oh, no! I crit failed! Okay. This well. woman stands up with the sword and points it to the three of you, and she says, You got three seconds to tell me what the fuck you're doing poking around on my neighbor's ship, or I'm gonna call the guards. <coughs> we, we are... <coughs> Friends of friends. Are you We're trying to drown this poor lad? No, no, I, I, I'm, I am stupid. I fell <laughs> in the water. It was me. I drowned myself. Oh, roll me a persuasion <laughs> check. <laughs> you sound like you're more afraid of us than her, and you're just like, <laughs> wow, that's really bad. Uh, that's an eleven. I get a plus 11. four. I rolled a seven. You see, you see, she starts to lower the sword. And she goes, "Oh, hun, what? I don't understand. We're looking for Constance. We're trying to find him." <laughs> yeah, he vanished two days ago. Any of the guards in the city would be able to tell you that. Three. Three days. No, it was two days. I well, was his here, last right newspaper in his boat says three days ago. Yeah, now she has to roll persuasion. <laughs> <laughs> roll me insight. That's a better. That's how we solve this. Everybody, whoever wants to, one, sure. of, one of you roll. Twenty-two. Insight. Twenty-two. I failed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said twenty-two first. Based on her Let's response, <laughs> Tedward, you believe she's lying through her teeth. Alea, you believe that she's speaking pretty honestly. Um, no, Tedward believe the- Tedward has the opposite reaction. What's he, I, he said he, he has no lying. insight whatsoever, especially around large, large, hefty, uh, he, like 
big women. Ted Wirth. <laughs> Is Ted Wirth sputtering? Yeah. T- yes. Ted Ted Wirth uh Ted Wirth likes him strong. Okay. Um so, so he's she- also he's also turning like a beautiful like hibiscus shade. <laughs> oh okay, so she looks all of you over and she goes, "What do you mean 3 days? I was here 2 days ago when he vanished." So- you saw him? Yeah, I was here. I go fishing at night. He vanished you know, right before, I, or I guess before, after, right around the time I left. Was he in good spirits? Did he seem himself? He was sitting on his chair, whistling a tune, fishing, right off the edge of the dock, smoking that glowing blue pipe of his. Is that normal? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. So you saw him two days ago fishing on the dock. I went down below deck. Unmoored the boat, started to go out into the water to catch some fish out on the lake at night. And I heard a splash. I looked up. He was gone. I figured it was a fish or something. Um, as she says this, you can kind of see Alea with your crazy high insight. Her eyes <laughs> look away from you for a moment as if there's a bit of shame in that statement. I don't know how to approach shame. <laughs> <laughs> that is quotable. Oh my god. <laughs> Um, you just summed up all of 2019 for all of the world. (laughs) (laughs) Far away from the inquisitive eyes of our adventurers, we find ourselves within the confines of a dark and damp sub-basement somewhere within town. From above, the clamor of the town can be heard through the cellar door leading outside. In the center of this room, a small pool of water rests silent and still. Then, the murky waters within shift and warble against the stones surrounding this small pit, as a form rises from the depths below. We see an older gentleman emerge from the water, wearing a pair of blue denim overalls and a small yellow hat, sitting perfectly atop his head, seemingly unmarred by the waters below. His green wading boots now drip water on the dirt floor beneath his feet, as he stands in this chamber. He takes a few calculated steps away from the pool of water and replaces the iron grate that sealed it before his last departure. The darkness of this room is then illuminated by the faint blue glow of a small smoking pipe. Blue translucent mist begins to curl from the twisted lips of this individual and he raises his hand and then opens it, palm towards the ground. From in between his fingers, swirling shadow begins to pour onto the floor of this place. And then, a loud thud of a body resonates through the room, breaking the silence. As the shadows fade away, we see the unconscious body of Killick, the goblin merchant lying still upon the floor. The old, wrinkled hand of this fisherman reaches down, grabbing Killick by the chin as he awakens in a panic. Make any sound. And you will be forgotten like the rest, he says, gesturing to the other unrecognizable forms within the room. Go to sleep, little guy. You have secrets I need. From the lips of Constance, a faint light begins to coalesce, then seep into Killick's nostrils, sending him off into a magical slumber, and allowing the master of Whispering Lake to feed 
Hey everybody, thanks for sticking around and I really hope you enjoyed the story so far. We've got some fun news. We're writing our first ad spot for the show. So in the mineral, you may be seeing some advertisements for some other wonderful tabletop podcasts out there that we've kind of decided to swap ads with. So, you know, we give them ours, they give us theirs, and we play each other's ads and support each other. So be sure to check them out. The community out there is absolutely wonderful. Spread the word, share the show, and have a wonderful weekend. Well, a wonderful week since it's Sunday. If you enjoyed the show, give us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. The song we used this week was This House by Kevin McLeod. Again, the running theme for our spoopy villain of the month. I'll see you on October 18th when our next episode launches. Stay safe and see you soon.